<laughs> so is this the Bible study group? It is. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. You, came to the, you came to the right place for that. That's for goddamn sure. Oh, God. I, I got asked yeah. if I wanted to be in a Bible study when I started at my job. And I was just on the spot. Good evening, everybody. This is uh, Rich Duncan with Ink Heist, and tonight I'm joined by my co-hosts Shane Douglas Keene and Laurel Hightower. And tonight we're talking to Jason Brandt, who is the co-host of the Final Guys podcast, the host of So Bad It's Good, and the author of the Asher Benson series, the Hunger series, um, West of Hell, and a bunch of other uh, standalone books. And we're excited to have you here, Jason. And uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a nice fall day. I've got a fire going in the living room. My wife is sleeping on the couch with the dogs. I've got a beer, and I'm talking to you a lot. It's not too bad. That sounds very picturesque and excellent. I love it. I'm I actually just get up on the spot. I'm kind of proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're crouching in an alley right now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm coming yeah. down off the meth right now. So far, this <laughs> has been a successful podcast. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was like the first time we had hunter on i thought he was in the alley you could hear like sirens going off dogs barking that was just a yeah. raid that's every other saturday <laughs> <laughs> yeah the dogs were mine it was hunter pissing off the back porch oh that one time yeah yeah, yeah. before each podcast i have to ask what topics are off limits because of the injunctions Uh, (laughs) pretty much none um you know like i said uh the past couple we've had were uh oh okay my bad that's fine too i'll just get quiet if it's something i can't talk about (laughs) yeah Yeah, i was i'm already off to a bang up start as the host (laughs) dude (laughs) you're fine we're all fine is it so are do you have shea butter on your skin underneath your clothes right now jason oh no 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 i'm sworn off of that from now there were a couple experiences okay the beginning of final guys i can't do that anymore that's too bad hunter will be disappointed (laughs) (laughs) sorry every podcast i do somehow starts off with me shitting on him mercilessly (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty you know, much that's... every podcast he does too right yeah it's true 
yeah. virtually every podcast we do, we do it somewhere in the podcast. So it seems to be yeah. Hunter, Hunter Shea, the professional podcast victim. Yeah. So either I end up shitting on him on someone else's show or on ours. Actually, I do that a lot, too. Or somehow it turns into a Laurel Hightower love fest, which is starting to annoy the shit out of me, too. <laughs> you know that shit is starting to annoy the fuck out of me too. <laughs> Every week someone has read another Laurel Hightower book. I'm like, would right. you fucking quit it? <laughs> I've only written I read two. this. It broke my heart. And then why the fuck did you keep reading? Sorry. God damn it. <laughs> I'm, I am. I'm never tempted to respond to reviews except I saw one for Whispers in the Dark where they were like, God, I just wanted it to end. I'm so mad, and I just wanted to be like, then stop. Like, I just don't want you to suffer. I'm not not mad. If you're hating it, please don't suffer. But also, that would just turn into something, so I'm not going to. If you just wanted it to end, give it to your brother or something, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Throw it out a window. Light it on fire. I don't care. Just don't suffer. Do you still read all your reviews? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Don't don't do that. No. Like, for a while, I did just because it was interesting. And, you know, but past a certain point, you're like... Nope, that's not that's not healthy anymore. So. Oh yeah, it and it doesn't matter if it's one percent of your reviews are negative. That's what sticks with you. Exactly, which is so, and, and that's like that's not how it's supposed to be. I mean, well, we're humans, so yeah, that's probably just how it's supposed to be. But that's not the experience I want. So, yeah. Yeah. But totally. I do, I do totally appreciate all the reviews. Absolutely. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I mean, some of my favorite ones are are one star reviews. I, I put one of them on my website for a while. It was like the greatest advertisement for one of my books ever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who it is, either T.E. Grau or Michael Griffin got a really bad fucking review from uh, S.T. Joshi. And uh, it was so bad, it was just fucking priceless. I don't remember what it was, but they literally put it as a blurb on their books. <laughs> it's well yeah yeah that's that's the best kind exactly. alan baxter got a t-shirt of his and yeah 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 i've seen a couple of those i think the top rated one for the first asher benson book uh the top one that shows up on amazon is a one star and if you read it it's the greatest thing like it it had to have sold so many books for me it's crazy it's like violence vulgarity sarcasm <laughs> Like all this stuff, like as as a negative, and I'm like, this is this is exactly how I write. Like, this Not is awesome. sarcasm. Like, thank, <laughs> you. thank you. <laughs> Man, if you don't like sarcasm, you would hate me in person. <laughs> I was gonna say somebody who didn't like sarcasm. I always hope they're not bigger than me because they're gonna kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and pretty much everybody is bigger than me. <laughs> That's kind of the joke when I, because I've actually never met Hunter or Jack. I've met Tim a couple times now, but uh, they're all manlets. So when we meet in person, they're not going to say anything to me because I'm like twice the size of them. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm small, but I'm still a tough motherfucker. And if you ever call me a manlet, we're going to have some issues. <laughs> if you ever meet in person, that is the first thing I'll say. And my wife will back me up. <laughs> Uh, 
Oh, Lord, this is getting violent already. (laughs) I mean, uh, I've been kind of waiting for this podcast, cross-podcast fight for a while, so. (laughs) We're just warming up for... We have to have all three of you, you and Jack and Hunter, all three on, and we'll just have it on. (laughs) I would just join up with you guys. I'm so sick of them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> speaking of uh those guys i was always curious kind of how you guys all got together because like you said i know you've met tim in person but not hunter or jack did you meet them through like monster men or yeah i i must have been searching for something on youtube because they were one of the first kind of horror shows on youtube i mean they've been doing it you know since the late 1800s and <laughs> yeah. i I, I don't know how I ever found it, but I, I thought they were hilarious. And I just, I think I started talking to them in the comments or maybe on Twitter or something. And uh, we just, we all are very similar in our uh, abusive relationship with horror. And it just, just kind of talked through the years. And yeah, I've, I've never met them like in person. That's pretty weird because uh, I've known them for years and years and years. But uh Jack or not Jack, uh, Hunter and I were going to do Scares the Care together this year before it was canceled. So that would have been uh, an interesting, <laughs> an interesting experience. Um, to say the least, yes. Yeah, but I've I've met uh, Tim Meyer a couple times at conventions, and we always get to drinking, shockingly. But no. uh, yeah, I, yeah, it was through Monster Men. I I honestly don't even remember how I found it. It's been so long, but I think that's how a lot of people find them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just occurred to me to wonder if, like, because, you know, the three of us have never met. Um, oh, and really? Now I wonder, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, yeah. what if it's, like, online dating where, like, you talk so long, like, through email and then you meet up <laughs> and it's awkward? Like, yeah. what if it's that? It's like, okay, what do we talk about? Yeah, <laughs> could be. Oh, yeah. No, I have to be myself now. Fuck. Yeah, we, we might all start cracking these. <laughs> yeah. Or we might start throwing fists. I don't know how it's going to go, to be honest. <laughs> we have, Actually, we have a plan for our um, antisocial anxiety. So yes. it's like, What is that? Well, we just, in, we just intend for everything to go wrong right out the fucking gate and work toward it. Oh. <laughs> Solid plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you, I was listening to your Jonathan Jans episode uh, this week, and it's amazing how different his episode is from this one so far. <laughs> He's such a nice, reserved guy. Yeah. I know. Like, every time yeah. I talk to him, I feel like I'm, like, not a nice enough person. Yeah. He makes me feel like shit. That's what oh, I'm tell me about. It's like, oh, I met my wife yeah. during a play. You know, I'm like, I, I met my wife because I dated her roommate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did the my wife at a bar while she was sitting there with my best friend. <laughs> All right, Rich, where's your fess up, Rich? Oh, uh, mine's not. Mine's not that good. And yeah, she yeah. lives right across the hall from me. So a normal at Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Mine was boring. <laughs> Yeah. The thing about Jans with that whole nice thing is it's real. And it's like, wow, dude. When I first yeah. started talking with him early on um, in his career and my whatever the fuck you call what I have, um, 
I thought he was a fucking phony because I'd never met anybody like that. It's like, dude, nobody's that nice, man. Fuck you. Come on. Where's the catch? Yeah. You tried to start shit with Jan. <laughs> no, I didn't because, I mean, he's just too nice. You just, even thinking about it, you start to feel guilty and like you should apologize to him. Well, and if you read his work, too, you're like, this is some fucked up shit. There is right. no way this is a real personality he's putting out there. I know. It's it's one of those things, like, I sort of, I guess, so it's like when I read The Raven, it's like I had to remind myself, oh, yep, no, he really does a lot of this stuff. So I don't know why I was taken aback by mm-hmm. the immediate violence in it. But <laughs> yeah, any anyone who is curious about him should go read his I think it was a short story called Old Order. It might have been a novella. Oh, yeah. It is so messed up. And then you hear him talk. Yeah. You're like, this is not the same guy. Like, you read a Hunter Shea book, and you listen to him talk. You're like, yeah, that's the same guy. Yep. That, that 100% makes sense. <laughs> Jonathan Chance. You're like, this doesn't make any sense. Hunter says, you really think I'm that soft? <laughs> but Jans, yeah, um, just because we're all talking about how fucking nice he is, that guy writes a brutal novel. Um, yeah. Everything. It's like, I mean, I can't think of one that just didn't, with his ability to describe what a fucking broken bone sounds and feels like, just fucking yeah. kills me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or yeah. Uh, Exorcist Falls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but while we're talking about writing and we have you here, I mean, let's talk about your writing some. Um, <laughs> what are you working on right now? I am working on the untitled The Hunger Number no. 6. I oh, wow. have maybe a thousand words to go in the last chapter. I was trying to get it done before this, but I'm dumb and I've been drinking, so it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I always do that. Yeah, I'm going to have a couple of drinks and get some writing done. Yeah, another drink, and then I'm going to write. Yeah, fuck writing what's on TV. And that, <laughs> that, that is my life to a T. Well, you, yeah, well, you are absolutely prolific, though. So, I mean, what what's your what's your rate usually? Like, how, how many do you put out a year? Well, my rate has been pretty shitty the last two years, but before that, I was doing a novel every two months, and now it's been like a wow. novel. Wow. <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah, I got in a like a pretty serious funk about two years ago, life-wise, writing-wise. I don't know. It was like a like a midlife crisis or something, and the industry it was changing, and a lot of the stuff I had done to make pretty decent money a couple years ago it all changed. So I basically had to reinvent my career. Uh, and I had to do it again with COVID, so that's been you know a whole other thing. But I'm kind of embracing that now. It's kind of um like an entrepreneurial mindset basically on how to survive as a as a full time writer. So my pace has slowed down, particularly this book. This is the longest I've ever worked on a book. But I've been working on a bunch of side things with my business, setting up my website and setting up a, a store for selling books. And I'm really trying to work on YouTube in the next year. So I've been you know building a computer and learning software and lenses and all kinds of horse shit. I have to deal with the idiots every Tuesday. So I've been, you know, trying to figure out how to make that easier. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, so this is the goal this is, is really good practice then. <laughs> yeah. This is, it's going to be so easy on Tuesday now. I can't wait. Uh, so my goal is to get back to at least four novels a year uh, next year. And I would 
eventually like to build back up to every every two months if I can. That is that is really impressive because yeah, I'm I, I've been yeah. reading the the first um, Asher Benson and it's like that you know this is not the, these are well put together you know just like really well done this is I mean if I tried to put out a book in two months it just would it uh, it would not be that level of quality so I I mean is that is was that did you write that way were were you writing full time at that point or was that in addition to other stuff. Well, if I were going to, if I was going to, exp- what's some good advice? Take take one of your books, take out all the impressive words and put in swear words, and you can write faster, <laughs> and you can write like my stuff. <laughs> it's much easier that way. God, I'm uh, glad you said that and not me, Jason. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've yeah. uh, I've only ever been a writer full time. I had I quit a job before I started. I never wrote anything until I was 30 years old, and I had not intended to be a writer. I'd intended to work in film out of college. And I got a job working for the federal government. And I ended up quitting that when I turned 30 to create my own computer business, realized I hated that and stumbled across J.A. Conrad's blog about self-publishing and thought, you know, I might be able to do that. So I just started writing fiction and wrote some pretty shitty books, some of which are still available. I should probably take down. And, uh, I just I basically had two years of income saved up. So I, I knew if I can make any money inside of two years, I can make this work. Because before I quit my job, um, we paid off all of our debt. So our bills were very low. And I started writing that took about somewhere between a year and a half and two years. And I started making really decent money at it and uh, just been going ever since. It's been eight years. Wow. That's pretty impressive because, I mean, especially to me, Ask Laurel, I'm fucking slow as molasses when it comes to writing. Well, you know, my slowness hit me when I started selling a lot of books. That's when I started feeling pressure about, man, I think I kind of suck. Whereas when nobody was reading it, like I didn't care and I was just banging Mm -hmm. books out. Like when I wrote Asher Benson, uh, that was just because. I had written a, a novella and I liked that idea and I thought the novella was terrible. It was the first thing I ever wrote. So I just expanded it into the uh, Asher Benson series. And when I released Ash, the first book, it was, it did nothing. It, I couldn't, I couldn't sell that thing worth anything. So I just kind of wrote the rest of the series with reckless abandon. The second book is the most violent thing I've ever written, which does not match the first book all that well. And I ended up changing the cover and making it free and it, I've given away so many copies of that and sold so many copies of that. It's crazy. And that has kind of added pressure to me, which has made me write slower, which it bothers me that I can't get out of that headspace. I think I, I understand that because I hadn't, I hadn't published anything ever until this year. And I, my writing slowed down ridiculously, especially as far as prose goes. But I hadn't thought about that maybe being a factor. So it definitely is for me. The more I sell, the more I analyze what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes sense, though, because it's one of those things. It's like Whispers in the Dark really was very similar to that. And when it released, like it was to utter crickets. You know, I mean, I didn't I didn't know how to market. I didn't know how to do any of that. And so there was no pressure. No one knew who I was. And then when Crossroads was like getting ready to come out. I'm like hyperventilating because I'm like, no one cared before. What if this is horrible? This is nothing like the last one. And then 
it's been really cool, but it also is funny because then you start getting reviewed by people kind of outside the genre and, you know, it just, it ends up, it's a, it's a wider reach, which is awesome, but it's, I don't know, there's, it, it does, I think you're right. I mean, I think there's kind of more pressure on it. For sure. And I'm assuming it was when the final guys reviews hit that you were like, oh my God. This is taking off. <laughs> That's exactly. It was what it actually was. it was actually the ink heist guys, but you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Hat if you want. What was I thinking? I went right to the B squad like an idiot. <laughs> I've actually been sitting here while you guys were talking about all the ink heist stuff. Thing like I really overprepared for that episode because apparently, like you know, Hunter and everyone else can just get on to mm-hmm. you know two or three years deep already and. I was nervous for nothing. Right. <laughs> uh, that's still my favorite story of all time. Which yeah. one? The one where you were afraid of me. <laughs> well, <laughs> you had a very effective um, uh, policy about not fucking with you or sending you shit. So. <laughs> my, <laughs> yeah, one of my neighbors figured that out today, too. <laughs> was it the neighbor shane no different one walking by from the garbage can he says hey you want to see something cool no <laughs> Just <kidding>. god <laughs> damn i'm sure i'll be sending you a christmas card <laughs> i'm usually a really nice guy but um i tend to be really standoffish to my neighbors because i don't like neighbors yeah, you don't want to get in the habit of like people coming by your house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like I like we to watch know their dog's houses. Name. Yeah. I want to know their dog's name, but not their name. Mhm. Exactly. That's the <laughs> exact level of interaction I want. Every single neighbor of mine that I encounter, can I pet your dog? And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> they can talk to me while I'm petting the dog, and then I'm out. <laughs> I'm the worst neighbor. I used to be good, but since I quit my job, I I actually have to force myself to go out. So on the weekends, it's my wife and I literally leave the house because I don't go outside. And I was taking the garbage can out once, and I saw a, a stranger going into my neighbor's house. My wife came in, and I was like, what the hell? What's going on over here? She's like, they've been living there for six months. The other people moved out. I had no clue. My office is in the back of the house, so any any of my neighbors on the front of the house, I just have no concept of what's going on at any given point. That's perfect neighboring. I don't, I think you've kind of achieved. Yeah. Well, maybe they love me then. You might be right. I don't know. Could be on to something. <laughs> there we go. Awkward pause number one. I'm good at this, so don't worry about it. You know, the thing about that's that's one of the things about Hunter is that he can't stand silences, so he just pours himself into them. And that's how you get those stories. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely true. It is absolutely true. He cannot stand it. (laughs) He's going to fucking hate my gut so bad. Fuck that guy. I thought I liked that guy. What the fuck? Well, so, I'm going to stay go quiet ahead. about it. I'm sure I'm going <laughs> to shit on him more later, so I'll just let that one go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not done yet. I didn't say that. <laughs> Rich, I you probably had something. This. Yeah, more substantive to say. But... 
Well, I was my just whole gonna... episode is shitting on everyone else except myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It happens every once in a while. <laughs> I couldn't care less. I hate promoting my own stuff, so if I can just tear someone else's down, it's the same thing, right? <laughs> the, yeah, the trick is injecting, sort of. injecting the title of your story in every now and then. You know, really. <laughs> yeah. you know that guy's book really didn't do anything for me. It really kind of sucked. You should read Gehenna. And <laughs> yeah. I, I never talk about my writing on the yeah. podcast. I just had uh, two people in the last two weeks. Um, I don't know why they searched for my name after listening to Final Guys. And like, I didn't know you were a writer. Like, yeah, I, I've got a lot of books out. They just, they had no idea. I'm the worst salesman of all time. <laughs> well, I'll, I will confess when you said you'd like to be on the podcast the first time, I thought, why the fuck would we want him on the podcast? He hasn't written anything. <laughs> and then I looked you up and I was like, I'm sure fucking glad I didn't say that publicly. Uh, I'm like, Until now. <laughs> you know, you'd be surprised how often I hear, why the fuck would we want to have him on here? <laughs> 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 it was said with love. God damn it! Don't judge me. <laughs> I love it. I had at that point in time the my only experience with you was on Final Guys, and I, and I had only seen four or five episodes at that point. So mm-hmm. yeah, and like you say, you don't talk about your writing, which I understand. I don't talk about. I mean, I do talk about mine, and then I feel icky afterwards. So because it's like. You just lied to those people and told them you're a fucking writer, dude. Shut the fuck up. You know, <laughs> you know it's funny. Uh, everybody thinks I don't do any marketing, and I actually do more marketing than almost any other author I know in the horror genre. Um, I I I move a lot of books through marketing. It's the primary way I do it. But anytime I go on podcasts or anything like that, I never talk about it because it feels weird to me. It feels I don't know like like an awkward sales pitch that nobody wants to hear right you know, like people listen to ink because they want to hear you guys they don't know who the hell i am they don't give a shit but i always figure if i can like make somebody laugh or i feel like i'm selling myself and if you yeah. appreciate uh final guys or something like that you might appreciate my writing but just me talking about one of my books i don't know that i've ever sold a book that way i don't know how many people would listen to a podcast where somebody's just talking about their process and you don't know who they are, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go buy their book. I could totally be wrong there. I don't know, but most of my marketing is done through uh, like BookBub ads, Facebook ads, Amazon ads. Um, I do a lot of uh, email, you know, email blasts, things like that, like direct marketing to people who are looking to buy a book at that moment. I don't tend to go on other people's podcasts and try to, you know, pimp up my last book. I don't know how well that works. Plus, I like to just, you know, have drinks and talk to interesting people rather than try to pitch them on something they don't give a crap about. I think it's the someone I forget which one it was, one of the um, fairly big name authors we had on recently said it's not really about talking about your book as it is about getting yourself out there. And like you just said, you know, it's it's more of, you know, they want to hear what all of us have to say to each other on whatever topics we're discussing. Um, yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. And if anybody was curious, now they know I'm a total asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Was anybody curious? I don't know about that. I'll run a poll and let you know if anybody was curious about it. I will, you know what? I will circle back though and say because, and I feel like I'm in a good position to say this because I was a stalker slash fan of Ink Heist before I became part of it. And actually, yeah, I bought lots and lots of books based solely on the conversations that Rich and Shane had with authors. Um, really? That I, you know, I hadn't heard anything about them, but I really. I, I really like actually talking process with people and, and I totally get you because it does make me feel super awkward. Like, especially if I'm in a non, you know, if I'm in like a work setting or something else and it somehow comes about that I'm, you know, I write horror, then it's like, those are the most awkward conversations ever. Oh and, yeah. What do you write? Horror. Oh. Yeah. Shuffle my <laughs> foot. Um, so. Yeah. Right. Seen any good movies? Yeah. All horror. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched Amityville 9. You want to talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let me give you the background on 1 through 8 first. <laughs> so what sold you on buying those books? Was it the author talking about their book in particular, just the discussion you found interesting? What was it? I think it was a mix of things. I think in part it was because I really um, – I felt like, and still feel like Rich and Shane do a good job of, uh, you know, of recommending books that, that I think I'll enjoy. Like, I feel like our reading tastes are similar. Um, so part of it was simply the fact that they were kind of endorsing it, but yeah, commonly it was about, uh, you know, Jeremy Hepler is, is a great example. I, um, you know, I, and me saying, I didn't know who someone was, is a reflection of nothing because I knew fuck all about the indie horror scene like a year ago. So I always feel weird saying like, oh, I had no idea who they were. It's not because, you know, they weren't anybody's because I didn't know shit. But, you know, most of these people were names I hadn't heard. And then talking, you know, hearing them talk about their process and, and how they came about certain things. And it's like, you know, it's always really good for no spoilers. Um, but it, it was also just really, I don't know, I really liked the in-depth dive. And I, I liked, it just always like gave me, gave me a taste for wanting to go read that. And I, I was always happy with it. But yeah, I used to just... I would like buy books every month and tag them and be like, this is another episode of Rich and Shane told me to do it. And I would just have bought everything that was on that month. Yeah. So. And, and if I can interject, um, we still, I'm sure probably Rich and Laurel do too, but we still get people telling us all the time that they bought books because of a podcast they listen to, you know? So yeah. it does, so it does have some effect. Is it the, the process that people like to hear about, like the writing process, how they come up with stories or I think that's a big personality. What do you think? I I think it's, I think it's both. Cause I mean, like what you were saying earlier, Jason, like you're selling yourself Yeah. in some ways. It's a little bit like when you're waiting tables, you know, like the, the reason that they, that somebody wants to give you a bigger tip is just because they want you to like them. You know, they, they want that rapport. They enjoyed, you know, sure whatever that interaction is. So in some ways, I think it's a little bit like that because definitely, yeah, like if I've, even if it's, you know, some, something that I haven't heard of and I'm not sure of, like if I just, I'm like, wow, that guy's hilarious. Or, you know, I really liked what he had to say about this out or the other. It seemed thoughtful. Like, yeah, part of it is selling the personality, I think, mm-hmm. but, but it also, you know, writers are readers. Uh, and I, and I think that that is one of the things I've, I've always liked about getting to have these conversations is it's like, it's, you know, it's process, but in large part, it's like everybody just has something different to contribute to it. Like, you know, how they got started and and how they 
handle certain things. I don't know. I think it's I think it's kind of all of the above. Yeah, yeah. I agree, Laurel. That well reasoned. So my process yeah. is I sit down and I decide on a story. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I do agree. <laughs> Hearing about people's backgrounds is, is definitely very interesting to me. Um, I had a podcast years ago where I, I interviewed, I don't know, like 30 authors before I quit because you guys might know this. Dealing with authors is yeah. pain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but getting to it, talk it to was, them, I enjoyed it. It um, was uh, drinking with Jason, right? Yeah. 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 I, it was the first podcast I ever did, and it turned into a total shit show of trying to deal with people. And I just got tired <laughs> and got lazy and just had the same three people on towards the end. And I was like, what am I doing? And I just quit. I had so many people cancel or no show me that I was like this. I'm done with this shit. Before before I got gutsier about asking people to come on, um, I was starting to think it was become becoming the rich duncan shane keen and john fd taft show so, <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> yeah and then we finally started mixing it up but uh that's hard though if you're doing it by yourself yeah 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 i've made so many mistakes that i learned with final guys how to you know what what to correct and how to change things and so it was a good learning experience, and I've thought about bringing it back at times because I really did like talking to so many people. That's how I first talked to Armand Rosamelia and Jans, and you know a ton of people uh, that are that are friends of mine now. Like every time I see Armand now, I make him so uncomfortable. It's hilarious. I just love shitting on that guy. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, it was great, but you know I just basically. I try to think of things as like, I, you know, not failing and then giving up. I, I like to pivot. So that was kind of floundering for me. So I just took everything I learned from that and kind of went sideways and then started Final Guys a year later and took everything I learned from that. And, you know, now we're three years in and it's going pretty well. I yeah. admire that, that yeah. ability to, um, to do the solo stuff like that, though. I don't... I, I suck at that really bad. I've had to do it a couple of times, and I say had to because fuck that noise. Um, That's one of the hardest things with writing, right? You, you're only accountable to yourself. Yeah, and exactly. You wake up and you don't write that day. Nobody's bitching at you about it. And the thing is, is like in this dynamic with Rich and Laurel, um, I they're used to me saying stupid shit all the time, and they bail me out. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's much safer environment. <laughs> it's mutual assistance. We, we appreciate it. Too. Yeah. But it's oh, but it is yeah. like Yeah, it's well, definitely it's, mutual. And it's you know, like what you said about like when people would cancel, like when that happens to us, we get super drunk and do a solo show. <laughs> so yeah. you know it's Yeah, like, because there's three of you, right? That yeah. that was actually why one of three of us yeah. were final guys. So if somebody canceled, there were still two of us who could do the show. And yeah. there's only been one episode where they both canceled on me and I had to scrounge uh, two episodes where I had to scrounge and get somebody. But now we have Tim and, uh, you know, now we're, we're okay. But yeah, it's doing the solo stuff can be hard and you really have to be diligent. And I am not diligent. I am a procrastinator and I hold a grudge. So when people screw me, I'm just like burn the earth with that person, you know, scorched earth. <laughs> fuck you. Uh, so it solo was a little tougher. Plus, when I've got these three morons, they make me seem normal and calm and relaxed. So I'm like 
the straight man on the podcast, which is kind of nice because in my everyday life, I'm the idiot to all my friends. <laughs> and with them, I can just kind of let them roll, just shake my head and everybody thinks I'm just a normal, regular dude. So it's all right. <laughs> this is so well planned out. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like he orchestrated it that way. <laughs> See, Jason's like that is... guy that it's, he seems so normal. <laughs> he was so I was, nice. So, and <laughs> In college, we had raging keggers at our house. I threw the parties and I talked all my friends into, you know, jumping out the windows and rolling down the stairs and stuff. I didn't do that shit myself, but I put the party together that made it happen. But I, I like to think of myself as a as a drunken genius in that regard. <laughs> you were the director. You were the coordinator of the entertainment. Yeah, I, I had plausible deniability every time the cops came. Excellent. I, yeah. I didn't jump up. <laughs> I didn't do any of that shit. I was sitting here drunk on the couch, <laughs> officer. Oh, this video camera? No, I don't know where that came from. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah. I don't know how the fuck that even got in my hand. <laughs> I was just thinking, I work for lawyers and the number of times a week I say plausible deniability is yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. What yes. Do, what do you do for lawyers? I am a paralegal slash legal assistant. And so one of the things I'm really good at is making sure that they don't know something that they're better off not knowing. <laughs> That's a, so, I totally get that. Yeah. Like, if you know, if they're unaware of something and I'll be like, they'll ask me a question, like plausible deniability. They're like, OK, I trust you. Thanks. Let's move on. I'm like, OK. We're Can I now. get a for instance? No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I knew that was the answer that was coming. <laughs> I can tell by the deep intake of breath right before it. I know. I'm always tempted, though, but it's like it's one of those things that when I interviewed, I mean, I, I knew this because I went to paralegal school, but it's, you know, my my boss said the first rule of Fight Club is don't talk about Fight Club. And I was like, yeah, you know, I get you. But the best part was there was an attorney in the interview who had never heard of Fight Club and had no idea what she was talking about and then spent the next five minutes like asking questions and like and then it became her catchphrase. I'm like, you can't say it unless you've watched it. But mm. I like it. Yeah. One of the most interesting things to me is most people think authors have a ton of money. And when you're talking about horror authors in particular, almost everyone has a day job. And finding out what these people who write this horrible, insane stuff do every day is very interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a wide it's a wide range. Yeah, I, I've read one of your books and I see this picture of you with your kid and I'm like, what? <laughs> Dude, she's huh? Superwoman. You, you don't know that <laughs> half of it. <laughs> No, I just I don't clean anything ever. I just don't clean. That's that's my that's my secret to getting anything done. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like you find out Jans is a teacher. You're like, oh wow, that blows my mind. You find out Hunter you know, mops floors at a peep show. You're like, yeah, that fits. Like, yeah, that fits. <laughs> <laughs> and he wins the man boob contest every year too. <laughs> Oh, rock titty. <laughs> God. So that's our that's our episode title, right? Yep. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh man. So, so do uh, right. you said you you do some writing too, Shane? 
Yeah, I haven't published any fiction yet. I've published poetry, right? A lot of poetry now. I don't know. I mean, it hasn't all hit print yet, but yeah, I've just this year started selling poetry. Um, started even trying to. So, how do you sell poetry? That's got to be hard as hell. <laughs> Diligently. <laughs> And if anybody ever tells you that they're living on a poet's salary, it means they probably live in a fucking car somewhere. And odds are they had to sell the battery out of the car to buy a bottle the night before. Yeah, I would I would assume poetry was always a hard sell. I would I would wonder now, you know, in the in the Twitter era, is it easier or is it harder because easier, of the shortfall? I think. Okay. I think it's a lot easier, yeah, because the competition, oddly, because when it was all print and you were sending things in physically to people and, um, you know, there were things like email and Twitter and shit, um, there were a lot fewer competitors in the market. So you had, I mean, as far as the publications go, so you had like 10 bazillion writers all trying for a much smaller pool of resources Oh, hmm. Yeah, you know, I tried poetry once, and I realized I am way too dumb, and uh, instantly stopped that. <laughs> You're that, far I mean, that from is, dumb. <laughs> that's one of those things, though. Like, yeah, I feel like I'm super, super little-reminded, and so I just, poetry just doesn't, no. Like, I, I can tell a story okay, but I don't think I can do it with symbolism. I don't really get symbolism most of the time. Yeah, I I don't know. I poetry's just one of those weird things I can't even begin to attempt. I'm very analytical. Uh I I was a digital forensic analyst in another life. So I just did, you know, nerdy computer shit all day. So the idea of like I like I also can't I've never played an instrument. I can't feel the beat of a song. So every time I go to a wedding with my wife and we go up to dance, I'm just like I'm that white guy, you know, up there like can't, you know, moving like I'm <laughs> like I'm a robot. Somebody hasn't like hinged my joints or uh, oiled my joints, you know? Yeah. The, the so new... like, I, I, I don't have that part of the brain. So it's even surprising that I'm able to tell stories in a manner that makes any kind of sense. But I, I don't know if maybe that's just I'm able to analyze what makes some stories work and I can kind of work that on that side of my brain. But as far as creativity in almost any other realm, I just can't do it. That's uh, that's an interesting yeah. way to think about it, though, because I, I mean, I can see that being, yeah, like just coming from different sides of the brain. And it's occurring to me, I I only have one dance move. So I'm wondering if this is why I can't write both. What is this dance move? <laughs> um, I would I would call it the yeah. hoedown, which if you're thinking it's exciting, it's not. It's, it's very, um, after, after going out with my friends one night, I told my friend, I was like, man, what? thighs just are killing me after we dance like i feel like all i do is like the you know like the country like hoedown move and she said i got news for you so apparently that's my only move and it's not exciting it's called <laughs> dancing like donald trump <laughs> oh 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 my i'm not <laughs> is there an actual move called the hoedown <laughs> I mean, it's I'm from Kentucky, so there I is now. It's, it's outside <laughs> of Kentucky. Say, everybody knows that, but every move that isn't something else is the hoedown in that state. 
<laughs> we, call it, we call it the high tower down here. <laughs> high tower. As long as you don't call it the Trump. Right. right? <laughs> I was just joking for Christ's sake. I can't dance for shit either. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to ask, Jason, because you said the thing about, um, you know, being analytical and like that's why you can't like play an instrument or anything. Does that ever hinder you when you're writing your stories? Because that does take some kind of, you know, creativity or is that like one of the only things where that doesn't affect it? You know, I'm, I'm not really sure. I I never really tried to play an instrument growing up. Um but I'm sure I could learn to play one. I would be like one of those guys who could, if I spent enough time, I could probably play like a really mean solo, but I couldn't write it. I wouldn't have the creativity to come up with that, but I could mimic it if I practiced it enough. When it comes to storytelling, you know, I think that was the one art I was deep into without knowing it as a kid. I watched an insane amount of movies. I mean, I review at least four movies or books every week for final guys. And that is half of what I consume. And I've been doing that since I was 12 or, or, or younger. So I think I've kind of absorbed that part of, of art of storytelling to a degree. Uh, mm. I mean, I guess that's kind of for the readers to decide, but you know, I'm, I'm getting by on it. I'm paying my mortgage with it. But I don't know. Is that a different kind of of an art that doesn't relate to everything else? I, I don't know. It kind of feels like it, at least in you know, for my dumbass, it does. But I'm not sure because I know a, a lot of writers who are great musicians. You know, Mallerman freaking wrote the theme to Shameless, which is insane. But you know that there's definitely some crossover there, but there just isn't for me. Like I was the guy who played sports, and you know lifted waist and then build a computer at the end of the day. I didn't, uh, you know, sit and write poetry to my girlfriend. You know, I never wrote any of my poetry to a girl either because that wouldn't have made her my girlfriend for very much longer. <laughs> That's a fair point. I, I didn't write anything to uh, any of my girlfriends either. That would have not gone well, particularly since my humor is always so snarky uh it probably wouldn't have worked well like laurel you said you're reading uh, the first ash book i wrote that as a men's adventure and <laughs> i did not realize how the, the, how many uh readers are female i did not realize the majority of readers are female and as that book has has gone on over the years 90 percent of the readers are female and i'm like oh my god i wrote one of the female characters as like a caricature of someone i know like it's it's she's not a detailed character you know it's just like a men's adventure violent snarky thing and i'm just like oh my god i can't believe i'm writing that to like mostly women and it just there's no way i could have ever written anything for a girlfriend you know back in the day that would have been the the shortest uh, courtship ever yeah that's my my problem same same with me but my problem would have been that whole they'd be worried about whether i was going to murder them in their sleep or something <laughs> my wife gets that question a lot whether she's going to murder you in your sleep whether i'm going to murder her when she uh. she'll she'll like tell one of her clients 
you know, about my books and they'll go home and read it. And then they come back to her. How do you sleep beside him at night? <laughs> you know, there's stories, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. You know, that shit is real. Yeah. I didn't write that, da- write down my experiences. I was living it. <laughs> Uh, that's like the people you encounter who every fucking thing you write is about them, yeah. Um, yeah. Poetry is bad for that. I get that a lot from people. So, do you want to talk to me about something? Um, I don't even know you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I've got some family members who are like, why do you think that way about me? What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Well, you said this. <laughs> That, that's not me. That's a character, and that wasn't about you. I don't think anybody ever actually recognizes themselves in like a negative character. I, I've I tend to more have people, you know, like think that I've written like one of the love interests about him, and I'm like, that is absolutely not true. Unless you're David Morse, that is not true. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's see, generally if I see a character that's a dick, I wonder if it's based on me. <laughs> Just any dick character. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> huh. Do I know that person? Reading Pride and Prejudice, like, I'm that guy, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly I was I was alive back then, back when Jack and Hunter first started that show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes the technical issues. I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys! Did you ride a horse home from work? Hunter's in an attic in yep. the northeastern part of the country with no insulation in the ceiling. Look above him. That's just wood and shingles. That explains a lot. He lives in northern New York. <laughs> Fake in his fucking brain. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> well, Hunter, you got a cool down period coming, buddy. Yeah. You'll know because you'll see his teeth chattering here soon. <laughs> the, the funny thing about all these jokes on Hunter is that they're actually on us because he doesn't fucking listen to the show. Dude, he doesn't listen to Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah. We shit on him mercilessly if he misses an episode. He has no clue the next week. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, so are you, you ever do that thing, though, where someone says, Oh, yeah, I remember that one show. That was a really good show. And you're like, what's it about? <laughs> yeah. So with Final Guys, people will ask me about a movie I reviewed, you know, in episode 35. I'm like, do you understand? I, I watch eight movies a week. Right. You know, like, I, I, I don't know. And I'm hammered half the time when we're doing the podcast. But what gets me the most that makes me feel bad is when they're like, you know, what did you – your character in, in the dark um, – you know, Christy said this. I'm like, who's Christy? Like, that's the main character. I'm like, oh God. Like, oops. <laughs> but I mean, with with this, once you reach past a certain, like, how many do you have a count on how many you haven't printed at this point? Uh, I I don't. 
at least 12 novels, but I've got a couple that are almost done, some shorts that I've never released. It's just, a, you know, it's a lot. That's a lot of characters. Yes. And yeah. the problem for me is mostly time. I think it's like alcohol is eroding my brain. So after about five years, I just don't remember characters anymore. That's you fair. You know, if I go five days without alcohol, I don't remember my fucking name. Yeah, you know, the DTs are what gets me when I'm trying yeah. to type. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a bitch when all you can type is... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, so many people are going to be buying my books after this. Right. <laughs> so let's talk about heroin. <laughs> oh, you're into that fancy stuff, man. That's meth for me. Oh, that's gutter shit, man. <laughs> nothing wrong with a little battery acid, all right? <laughs> I'm actually sitting here thinking it's not it's not been the alcohol for me. Oh, my, you know, it's probably contributory, but like. I never understood like other parents not I'd ask them they're like, well, what did you do? You know, when your kid was, you know, two months old with this and they'd stare at me blankly and I'm like, God, how do you forget this shit? But there's like a four month roving window that I remember. And beyond that, I got nothing. I like so I can remember about four months ago. And then beyond that, I have nothing. That's what pictures are for. So, yeah. You know, that's a that's a great reason to write faster. I'm actually finding it with the book I'm writing now. I've been writing it for so damn long that I'm having to go back to the beginning of the book to get some details that are starting to get a little fuzzy for me. If I write, if I can write a novel in less than four months, I've got it. It's no problem. Beyond that, I have to start like researching the novel I'm writing as I'm writing it. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, and that probably helps you avoid like kind of logicals, you know, for sure. Because if you're still more immersed in it at that point. Yeah, and I come up with a really great description of something. And then when I'm doing the second draft, I'm like, shit, I put that in chapter four and I put that in chapter 30. Like, Damn it. Now I have to you know, go back and fix that because I wrote it so long ago, I don't remember doing it. And then I think you know, it's a stroke of genius again when I come up with it four months later. <laughs> I have definitely done that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wrote half a poem and then realized that the other half of it was from something else that I had already written and got signed off on and actually sold. It's like, wow, if you do that, you are so screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I need to buy some of that software like Grammarly or Pro Writing Aid. I think I'm going to have to get some of that at some point because I think it checks, you know, common descriptions which, you know, I'm in book six of this series now, and there's only so many ways you can describe, you know, burning flesh or talons or claws. I'm like, God yeah. damn it. I'm starting to like hit the thesaurus at this point. I'm like, oh, this is like not what I like to do. Well, if you blow up a helicopter in every single book, people don't notice that other repetition. <laughs> <laughs> don't be stealing Rosamilia's stuff. Uh... That's a deep cut. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I've blown up a lot of helicopters. Am I stealing from Armand? Is he stealing from you? Who did it first? Actually, yes, you're correct. I mean, he's stolen Tank Abbott's complete look, so we know he's an unoriginal bastard. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I call him every time I see him. What the hell are you doing? (laughs) 
Oh. <laughs> I'm starting to feel like conventions are not going to be yeah. quite like I pictured. Them. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> think so, Arnold. <laughs> I've never actually done a signing at a convention. The first one I went to was Scares of Care last year. I, I'm not, I don't like book signings aren't really my thing. I've only done a couple of them because I don't like hawking my stuff. I feel like a used car salesman, you know, out there badgering people. But going to Scares because it's such a great author convention. You know, it's like 50% horror celebrities, 50% authors. It's just so cool. I mean, there, there weren't any lines for people. I got to talk to Joe Bob Briggs for 45 minutes. That guy's one of my heroes. That's awesome. You know, Kane Hodder hit on my wife for like a half an hour. Like he was buying her <laughs> drinks at the bar. You know, so it was really cool. Wow. And then I get to shit on Tim Meyer and Armand Rosamelia. And, you know, it's, it's solid. Yeah. That's a dream life right there. Just that part of it. Oh, yeah. It's great. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think if Kane Hodder was hitting on my wife and she was down, I'd be totally okay with that. Just, you know, <laughs> just say I had Kane Hodder in my life at one point in time. Well, he was like, can I, can I buy your wife a shot? I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding? <laughs> Have yeah, that, dude. Are you kidding? Buy her a fucking bottle and I'll drink it with her. Yeah, he he uh he was a big fan of my wife. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, Boy. she re- he uh he really liked it. She he was so she dressed as a camp counselor one day and she had these really short shorts on and he was saying something about her underwear or whatever and she was like, How about I knock your teeth down your throat? And then after that <laughs> just love it. That's so cool. <laughs> it helps. She's very tall, so she can get away with shit like that. I'm just saying, you're gonna you're gonna bring her to the next scares the care, right? Because I've oh, yeah. I've decided I want to meet your wife now. Oh, you're gonna go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was I was gonna go this past year, of course, but you know everything went to hell. Oh so. man, we'll have some fun. For yes, sure. no, I cannot wait. I, I've I've actually never done a convention. I've done the Scarefest that we have here in Lexington, but never like as a writer. I just go to stare awkwardly at celebrities. Mm-hmm. So I went at Scares last year. I didn't go as a writer. And the, one of the most annoying things was every table I would stop at to talk to somebody like, where's your table? My like, guy didn't get one. I just wanted to come and hang out and, you know, start drinking at 11 o'clock in the morning. And this year, uh, Hunter had talked me into sharing a table with him. So we were going to do it. But uh, yeah, I just went as a fan last year just to hang out and, you know, buy signed books and talk to cool people. You know, like I, I've always loved Jeff Strand's books and to get to sit and talk to him is cool. And I met Mallerman last year. He was really nice. I got to talk to him at the bar for a long time. And, you know, Rath James White was there. You know, there's just some really cool people. And because it's such a small convention, there's there just aren't lines. So every time we would walk by Kane Hodder's table, he would yell at us to go talk to him. It was just it's a really cool spot. So even if you go to other conventions where you have to wait like half an hour, this isn't like that. It's just, it's super chill. I really loved it to the point where my wife is now wanting to donate time. You know, we're, we donate money to the, to the charity and we're going to get tables and stuff next year. And we're doing the whole shebang. We're all in. We just absolutely loved it. And it's coming from a guy who doesn't like doing signings and, you know, I've never really I, last horror convention I went to before scares last year was in 1999. So it's big just gap. It's, <laughs> That's a big gap. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. 
So <laughs> it, it just completely flipped me. It's super cool, and you will absolutely have a blast. That was the thing that, yeah, I wasn't going to, you know, get a get a table or anything. I, I just kind of wanted to go. And it's one of those things, like, I am socially awkward as fuck and, like, still kind of, you know, deal with some social anxiety. So that kind of setup seemed really just low pressure, you know, like everyone was just there because they were glad to see each other. And and that just seemed like it's fun. Plus, I want to bake things. Like, I don't know. I'm Southern. I like to feed people. So, like, I was really, like, planning on bringing all these cookies and things like that. So, probably. Well, then you can hang out with me. I mean, if you're bringing cookies, <laughs> I'll take care of the social stuff. I, okay, good. That's a good setup then. Well, you know, you know Hunter and I now, and he and I are very not socially awkward. So, if you give me cookies, <laughs> we will take you around and introduce you to all kinds of interesting people. <laughs> okay, this is a deal. I like it. I took my buddy who was very socially awkward and... He Keith David was there last year and he just he couldn't bring himself to go to talk to Keith David. And we had just watched a movie for So Bad It's Good called Disco Godfather. And Keith David's name is in the beginning in the titles and he is not in the movie. So I just went up to him and I'm like, dude, I bought this movie because you were in it. Disco Godfather. And it's bullshit that like your name wasn't in it. And I just kept harassing him throughout the <laughs> <laughs> throughout the whole the whole day to where he just brings his phone out like he was signing for someone else he brings his phone out and just starts watching the trailer for disco godfather and he's like i don't remember being in this and it just turned into like this whole thing with keith david thinking he may have been in disco godfather <laughs> but he wasn't certain well apparently he was in it and they cut him and but still used his <laughs> name <laughs> i went through that shit like frame by frame and i just could not find him disco godfather it is a piece of shit. It's, really <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> it's funny you say that, Jason. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, you do so bad, it's good. And then um, on Final Guys every week, like right now, you're working your way through the Amityville series. So what is your kind of uh, attraction to these either so bad, it's good movies or just plain shitty movies? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine line. It's a fine line. <laughs> Uh, so Bad It's Good movie started for me at the end of high school. I went to a flea market, and this guy had a box of VHS tapes in him. Uh, a box of VHS tapes, and I bought it. And inside of it was a movie called Rock and Roll Nightmare. And I started watching it with my friend. I'm like, this is the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. And I stopped it. <laughs> and then six months later, for whatever reason, me and the same friend put it in, and we started watching it again from just a, a fresh angle. I was like, this isn't this isn't the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. This might be the most entertaining film I've ever seen because it is so incompetent. Like, I can't believe this was made. And it just slowly snowballed from there to where I'm trying to find these movies that they're sincere efforts, but they're just made by people who just don't know how to make films. My favorite and, movies, dude. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're hard. it's hard to find a good so bad it's good movie. Typically, they're just bad. So that's kind of the YouTube show, which I have not put nearly enough time in. And since COVID happened, we haven't done an episode. Uh, we're we're ramping back up now. But I love doing that show, but it takes me so long to do an episode that it's with my writing. Because my writing is what pays the bills. So bad it's good. Costs me money. Final Guys costs me money. So I'm trying to put you know most of my time into writing. But So Bad It's Good is something I really want to ramp up. And 
the <laughs> I spent a lot of money actually buying these shitty ass movies on DVD and Blu-ray and then having to watch them. But the, the attraction is just I, I feel like it's the best kind of comedy. I feel like comedies now are so neutered because of political correctness that I think people aren't taking chances with comedy right now, which is very unfortunate. So the best comedies for me are like Steven Seagal movies, you know, oh my yeah. God, yes. every year the guy gets older, his hairline goes down like a half an inch down his forehead. You know? <laughs> it's lower now than it was in the seventies. Did you see the vampire flick he did? Uh, Attack Force? I don't know if it was that. That doesn't ring a bell, but I it was more than four months ago, so I wouldn't be able to say. Well, I'm writing down Seagal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it was it was just probably my favorite Seagal movie because like he wore sweatpants and like an overcoat the whole time. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, I want to fist bump you. You were you were like, man, I got to make a movie. I got to You know what? No. Bring me another pizza. I'm going to wear sweatpants. Like I just, <laughs> that, is, that, is that is my kind of guy. Seagal film from 2002 on. I love that. I mean, that's fantastic. We we watched one called Attack Force that, from what we read, it was supposed to be about aliens. But after it was shot, the producer said, yeah, we're not spending money on the alien special effects. <laughs> so they decided to release it as some kind of a drug or vampire flick. And it didn't make any sense, so they dubbed over half of Seagal's dialogue with like a 70-year-old whiskey-drinking cigar smoking <laughs> dude. And it is the biggest pile of garbage ever made. I remember made. that. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> so good. <laughs> no, okay, so I just looked it up. The, the vampire one is Against the Dark. He's a Ooh. vampire hunter with a sword. That's against the name. Dark. That's a solid, uh, lame title. Yeah. Right? I'm Is that streaming somewhere? <laughs> you know, I, I could wa- I could watch him on repeat just running. Oh God! <laughs> when he was in shape, he ran like he had a stick up his ass. Now, right? I know. <laughs> now he wheezes when he's sitting at a table reading lines off the script in front of him. <laughs> and he's having dinner with Black. He's on, got an oxygen mask, oxygen mask on. <laughs> that guy. But he did, man. He always ran so fucking weird it's like dude how do you catch anybody that way yeah it almost looked like somebody had broken his wrists because his hands flopped around while he was yeah. running. <laughs> i know that was the <laughs> and the man was losing his hair in like 86 yeah, when he started <laughs> now he's got yeah. the the nastiest what's that a, a raven's what's that, a crow's peak or what the hell is that called widow's peak yeah. widow's peak yeah yeah it comes down almost between his eyebrows now it's like what's <laughs> happening to your head <laughs> he probably painted it on i was gonna say like i haven't looked at, at pictures of john travolta in a, in a while but like the last ones i saw like <laughs> it looked like he had taken a fucking sharpie and just like colored in and i'm like john john no yeah is he still making movies? I haven't seen him in anything in a while. That's a. Uh, good... I don't know. I I don't. I haven't. I think the last movie I saw was Jumanji. So, I mean, last movie in a theater. I'm way huh. fucking behind. Now I'm curious. How far? Seems... How far has his hairline grown? <laughs> Since... I, I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. It's sad. He was my first crush. 
like when I was in middle school for like so long, like I, I hated Kelly Preston so much. Olivia Newton-John was mine for her role in Grease. I also hated her for her role in Grease. <laughs> I the greatest clip Olivia I've ever seen is John Travolta. Oh, God, what was the name of the movie he was in with Jamie Lee Curtis? Uh, they were doing oh the, the, like aerobics. The doing like the, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. And he, he has a hip thrust in that aerobics yep. class. Oh, or they God, have just yeah. got his shorts tucked up around his package in a way that is just unbelievable. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, you can find a GIF of that on Twitter if you guys want to look at that. So It's beautiful. <laughs> it is. And actually, someone sent me a screenshot because I think Keelan Patrick Burke had shared it. And then somehow I replied to something under it. And it was something, I don't know, something to... I wish I could remember it now. I'll have to fucking find it. But anyways, it was really inappropriate. So <laughs> everything about that is inappropriate. It, it really is. His hips is not right. It's like, <laughs> and some people can just call that shit out. You know, yeah. some people don't have any filters. It's like someone mentioned Hunter's Moby Dick yesterday, and I jumped right <laughs> on that fucking thing. <laughs> like, let's talk about this. <laughs> Like you could almost just like read the restraint in Hunter's response. Like I know, just like would be awkward if I called this out. So Shane jumped on that. So I was so proud of him. I was amazed Hunter did. It's like when Hunter said, (laughs) Hunter said that would be like my orcas, and I was thinking, so now we know why those fucking orcas were so pissed off about that fucking (laughs) white whale of yours. Yeah, for some reason he's reserved on Twitter and then on the podcast he yeah. just talks about rock titties. <laughs> oh man, if that was the most mundane thing he had ever talked about <laughs> on either one uh, of our shows. I know, I can't wait until people hear the one we did with him last week. <laughs> How hammered was he? Uh, <laughs> I'll let the other, I'll let Shane and Laurel comment on that but i don't know because he he had some great stories (laughs) yeah i think he was probably i think he was probably four beers in hunter shea not nine beers in yet hunter shea did you you record on saturday at nine yeah yes uh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. he he was deep (laughs) (laughs) he warned us he would be yeah But he didn't piss off his back porch this time, so kudos. <laughs> the man is a national treasure. <laughs> Anyone who could who could write Swamp Monster Massacre is just an intellect far beyond any of us could comprehend. Right. <laughs> uh, Rich, you asked me a second part. Oh, um, me watching this garbage for Final Guys. Uh, Amityville instead, yeah. I'm sorry. So... That started just because – what the hell was I watching? I, th- I think I decided to watch all of the Friday the 13th movies, and those are fun. Like, even the worst Friday the 13th movie is fun. You know, it's not good, but it's fun. And then that turned into Nightmare on Elm Street, and, and then it just – people started liking it on the podcast. So it kind of turned into this, <laughs> how can we torture Jason by making him watch these horror series? And now I've been doing this shit for a good seven or eight months now. And I'm into the Amityville series and I just want to drive off an overpass. <laughs> yeah. Are there seriously nine of them? Oh no, they're in the, they're in the twenties now. 
Oh yeah. What? Yeah. I I just watched part I, seven the other day. I have to watch part eight Monday night for the show. It's wow. fun. I I am enjoying myself so much. <laughs> now, when you're uh, when you're tearing through some of those series like Amityville, like how do you uh, how do you find time to like watch stuff you actually want to see? I don't. That's, <laughs> that's, that's like me. Since I started doing more more and more film reviews, I almost never watch a film just because I want to watch it. Yeah. So. The the three jackasses usually pick the movie we're going to do for Final Guys, so I have to watch that. And then I was actually, for Halloween, for all of October, I was just going to watch... Typically what I do is I watch classic films I love. You know, I'll go back to The Thing, or I, I'm a huge fan of Tales from Crypt, Demon Knight, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, whatever. Name it. The Shining. I usually watch that stuff. But Chad Lutsky, that asshole, decided... <laughs> <laughs> that for some reason he and I should watch Amityville together, and he's been on me for like two months. He's always in the chat on Final Guys. He's a great guy. He's a great author too. And uh, I finally said yes at the end of September, and then it occurred to me now I have to watch twelve Amityville films through October, which means I can't watch The Shining. Which, if for anyone listening, do not make dec- your life decisions based on anything I say or do, because clearly. I'm approaching 40, and I'm going to watch Amityville 12 next week. <laughs> so <laughs> I have gone. I took a hard left turn somewhere last year. <laughs> last year, I watched the entire Halloween and Friday the 13th franchises. Um, Halloween without, gets rough. Yeah, it gets really rough. Friday the 13th, they're all kind of fun, at least. Yeah. Um, Halloween gets... Are you fucking kidding me? Why am I doing this to myself? Sort of thing. But it was a vendetta at that point in time. So. <laughs> yeah, you can't stop. I mean, once you get to the one with, oh god damn it, what's his name? What's Ant Man? The guy who plays Ant Man. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. I think yeah. it's maybe the sixth one. Does that sound right? Five or six, yeah. Yeah, where at the end he kills him with a two by four. He just beats him with a two by four like three times, and he's dead. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a, the lamest fucking kill in a slasher movie ever. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst. But I got to tell you, the Amityville ones are getting special now because the Amityville house hasn't been in it for like five movies. It's like, it's like props. <laughs> like somebody took a mirror from the house and it infects a, a condo in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so not much budget this time around, huh? <laughs> Oh, it's so great. I'm God. so happy with my life. <laughs> this is actually making me want to start down this road because... No. Do you know? No. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I give Jason credit because to have that kind of dedication to sit through some of those movies. <laughs> my, my list is getting pretty extensive of series i've watched the whole way through but it keeps growing because every week someone on twitter is like oh you need to check out this korean horror series that has 19 of them and it's so much fun (laughs) and the biggest one is everybody keeps dangling hellraiser in front of me because eventually i have to watch the hellraiser series oh yeah fuck yeah and that's that's going to be the one where everybody's going to tune in and there just isn't another final guys because i've just quit and Um, that's a pretty good franchise up, but 
up until three. Yeah, three three really shit the bed for me. <laughs> One and two are all right. <laughs> Amityville is so shitty though. I just watched the sixth one i think i did for last week amityville it's about time and i was like am is my brain melting or is this not <laughs> terrible so i think amityville six could be the most entertaining one in the series awesome. yeah, here's a question not... for you guys who's who's your what's your favorite slasher kill ever Ooh. slasher kill well, you know that that's type of thing. Well, horror kill or slasher kill? Let, let's say horror kill because I'm thinking of other films too. Uh, you know, the people die in so many creative ways in some of those franchises. It's funny you ask me that because I have to do another podcast at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, which <laughs> I don't know what's the weekends, but you're killing me. Uh, and it's about favorite horror kills. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, and I, you know how much research I've done for that. I'm yeah. sure you could probably guess. Yeah, so probably don't burn one now. You're going to need it. Tomorrow. Well, I'm going yeah. to burn it right now. <laughs> I'm going to think of the first and last one right now. Huh. You know, there's a good one in Friday the 13th Part 6 where Jason is getting hit in the head by a sheriff. He's, the sheriff's hitting him in the head with a rock, and Jason, like, bends him over backwards at the waist. Oh, just like a folding chair and kills him. I was always a big fan of that. That's a good one. Mine's a Jason kill too. I think it's a, it might be a Michael Myers kill. It's the one with the fucking horn. The The horn? horn. The one where the, Oh God, I'd have to. Sorry. Rich, you're the one who told me about it in the first place. I just can't describe it right. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't even remember, like, I, I'm hoping to God I didn't just imagine this, but I'm pretty sure there's a Friday the 13th one where, like, they're in, like, a van or something, and he surprises them, and he shoves, like, a like a squeaky horn, like, through the guy's eye, and it makes the horn noise. No, into the into a girl's mouth. Yeah, that's exactly Yeah, one. Yeah, I couldn't remember exactly, but Friday I Friday the 13th, like, part seven, party horn kill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, it. That's it. God, I love oh. him. He shoves it in shoves it in her mouth and it and it blows. Seven yeah. seven is, is like the most neutered one. I think that was one of the ones where the MPAA took out almost yeah. all of the blood. That was sad. Yeah, it's I think it was the first Kane Hodder one and you just you barely see any kills. I think my favorite of all if I would be the one um the the sleeping bag kill. Yeah. Oh, oh. my God, that's that's <laughs> iconic. Yes, it is. When they okay. recreated it in part ten, that's great too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right, they did in the in the yeah. weird ass outer <laughs> yeah, like space the VR. one. Yeah, yeah, VR one. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you, Laurel? I really liked when Brad Pitt got hit by a truck and meet Joe Black. That's my favorite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not exactly a horror movie, but I agree with you. <laughs> Saying favorite kill right there. <laughs> That's solid. <laughs> you, Rich. Yeah, I was I was going to say um, it's probably a tie, at least 
from the ones that I can think of just right off the top of my head, besides the horn one that you mentioned, because that one was hilarious. It was uh, the Jason X one where they recreated the sleeping bag and also the uh, the glycerin one where – or the nitro uh, – yeah, where he dunks her head in there and then, yeah, like, sprays it. Face. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw a gif of that. That is satisfying. What about that, that actress was <laughs> scares the care that she – <laughs> the yeah. only thing I ever knew her from was having her face smashed, and she had a yeah. nose and stuff. Yeah, she was really nice, actually. I think she was a midwife. Now, yeah, that that's such a great kill. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, the, I. The one, what was that? What movie is it with the? I think it's a Final Destination movie, where oh, a hole or something like that goes smashing through the guy's windshield. And... Yeah, um, the log truck. To yeah. this day, that that thing haunts that thing haunts me. Anytime I'm between, I'm behind a uh, truck that has like a bunch of logs on it. I instantly think of that movie where they all come flying off. <laughs> That's gotta not be a great drive for you, though. No, no, <laughs> it happens more than you think. Because I drive pretty much like my whole workday is pretty much driving. So anytime that happens. I think of that scene automatically. That's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> I was yeah. actually thinking of how often, I mean, it makes me sound like I'm a violent person. I'm not, but there's a few people mm-hmm. I have to interact with that I really hate. And like picturing that, that nitrous kill, the, you know, just like grabbing them by the hair and just shattering their face. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a violent just, person though. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're totally right. It is satisfying. It really is. And I agree with you. <laughs> I can think of so many people that just the just thinking about it is pleasant anyway, even if you don't do it. <laughs> you guys are sick fucks. <laughs> Add Jason Brandt to the list. <laughs> um, I'm glad you asked me that question because now I'm sitting here thinking uh, you're like doing my homework for tomorrow morning. I just thought, have you guys seen Silent Hill? Came out in like the mid 2000s. Uh, uh, yeah, yes, the I original have. one. Yeah. Yeah, there's a scene where Pyramid Head has this girl held up and he kind of grabs the skin on her chest and just like degloves her entire body. Ooh, oh, that's a good one. That's a pretty solid. You know what else is good is Species, uh, when she like comes through the back of the bathroom stall and it's basically like a spinal cord sitting up on top of the lower half of the body after that. Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. I don't remember that. The only thing I really remember from Species is uh, she was enormously talented in that film. Yeah, she was. Yeah. <laughs> That's like all I remember. <laughs> that and the CG at the end is like the worst. Yeah, you couldn't go there for budget-related materials, really. Uh, Natasha Henstridge, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I watched that series for Final Guys. Don't do it. No, I stuck with just the first one. I left it at that. I never. When, I when your budget is down so much, you can't get Natasha Henstrich to be in your film. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <Thanks for that. laughs> like what? She didn't volunteer? You really are broke. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't bail on on this pretty soon. 
so I'm going to bail on this pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to cover with us tonight, Jason, before I bail on you like a rude asshole? No, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's a good time. I enjoyed the podcast. It was good to, good to get to chat with you all. Like to yeah, it was sometime. fun. Definitely. And uh, I, I know you won't say it, but I will. Go go pick up Jason's books, man. Read read his work. It's good stuff. You're correct. I won't say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'll say this. Yep. I've got three free books. Go check it out. If you don't like any of them, it doesn't cost you anything. Yep. And if, um, if but, you leave a negative review, make it really fun and entertaining so that he can use it for something else. For real. <laughs> yeah. For real. That, that's not a joke. I love hilarious one-star reviews. Rich? No, just uh, it was great having you on, Jason. And uh, you might want to be careful about those one-star reviews. <laughs> Dude, I have hundreds and hundreds of them at this point. Like I haven't. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost immune. You could make up some new. Sh- you could make up some shirts with them on there. Dude, that's not a bad idea. One of them I, said it was like written with andro gel. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, just yeah. pick your like top five. Yeah, it's like a. <laughs> It's like a testosterone fueled nightmare or something. I'm like, yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I love the ones that get it without getting it. It's like, yeah, yeah exactly. you are right. This is where we were with it. So thank you. That was the fucking point. Yeah. Yeah, it's the ones that like break down my writing and, and they completely get what I was going for. But they break down exactly why it sucks, and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> my life. No kidding. My accomplishments are only beautiful to me, just like my children. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just slam your children. <laughs> they know I don't mean that. But uh, yep, I'm gonna bail. It's great having you on here, and we will definitely have you on again. I'm thinking we're going to have to have a have a Hunter Shea, Jack Cam PC. Uh, what was your name again? Jason Brandt. Um, uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we need a full crossover. That would be. This will be fun. Maybe that we should would get be a lot of fun. Cross pollination across both. Yeah, definitely. With, keep, you know what? What I could go wrong Hunter with off uh, on that? seven people in a podcast? I'm oh. sure it would be great <laughs> yeah. to listen to. You know, we've done it once before, and someone said poop and refused to admit it. <laughs> hey, man, I'm not the only one that heard it. Am I? Like seriously? No, no. Someone no, said we all heard or it. they were pooping. Uh, no, they said it. It could have yeah. been a narration. I don't know. All I was sure of was the uh, the word. It's like it maybe just... they were surprised to suddenly discover what's that in my pants? Poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just like a total random utterance of it. <laughs> what in the hell? What episode is this? I feel like I need to listen to this. Uh, I think it was. I forget the number, but um, David Alexander Ward, John yeah. Half, and help doug morano no no uh the guy who runs cutting block books i'm blanking on his name right now 
Wow. And it you could listen to it and it was okay? Yeah. With that many people? Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Yeah, we did all right. Um, I have did. a question, though. Oh, right. Duh. I forgot Tim is on there now. Because I was like, wait, who's yeah. the other person? Okay, I, that makes sense. He's, he's not worth remembering. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's kind Whoa. of funny because every time we mention it, we left Tim's name out. <laughs> Tim, no one cares about you. <laughs> I, I feel bad because I was doing the same thing. I'm, I was kind of glad Laurel asked first, who's seven? Cut <laughs> your hair, I Tim. <laughs> <laughs> well tim you knew it was coming <laughs> I, but I like it we'll pick uh i'll pick like the shittiest movie i can think of to make you guys watch it and then we'll do a final guys that'll be fun okay. let's uh, let's watch. sounds good wait let's can watch. we watch the steven seagal vampire one yes i've <laughs> never okay. seen that i like it against what was it called let's uh against the dark against the dark yeah <laughs> all right this down jack is gonna be not happy <laughs> tim will think it's the greatest movie ever (laughs) that's always funny dude you gotta watch this movie and then they watch it and tell you how fucking awesome it was like book of shadows (laughs) oh my god did you listen to that yeah (laughs) what the fuck he's the only guy alive who thinks Blair Witch 2 is good. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. He, he kind of looked like, you know, like, a, I don't know. He looked depressed. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> liked it. It's not you know, like the he sad made thing the is, movie. I, after watching these Amityville movies, the last couple weeks, his opinion and mine have started to align on movies. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need to stop doing this. <laughs> it's frying my brain. It's uh, <laughs> always so scary. Oh shit, we're agreeing. I'm agreeing with Tim Meyer. <laughs> this shit is not right. <laughs> hey, uh, so Tim Meyer is another one. Hunter Shea, Tim Meyer, Jason Brandt are all damn good writers, and you should be reading all of these guys. Yes, uh, agree. Appreciate it. Thank you for being here, Jason. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a good time. Definitely. Have an awesome night, man. Thanks for coming on. Take care, you guys. See ya. Bye, guys. Is somebody going to hang the fucking thing? (laughs) 